Today on Commuter Bible, God pronounces judgment against Jeroboam, king of Israel, by a miraculous sign. It's 1 Kings chapters 13 through 15 and Psalm 91. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible podcast to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. Now that King Solomon has died, the prophecies of God spoken through his prophet Ahijah have come to fruition. In our last episode, Ahijah tore a new robe into 12 pieces and gave 10 pieces to Jeroboam, symbolizing the number of tribes he would rule over. Remember that Solomon's son Rehoboam insults Jeroboam, who formerly worked under Solomon as a supervisor over forced labor. After Jeroboam led a revolt, he became king over those 10 tribes. Despite the Lord's kindness to Jeroboam, he also turned away from God and immediately set up two sanctuaries, each with a golden calf. Today, God's wrath and impending destruction are announced by an unnamed prophet. 1 Kings, chapters 13 through 15. A man of God came, however, from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord while Jeroboam was standing beside the altar to burn incense. The man of God cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord. Altar! Altar! This is what the Lord says. A son will be born to the house of David named Josiah, and he will sacrifice on you the priests of the high places who are burning incense on you. Human bones will be burned on you. He gave a sign that day. He said, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. The altar will now be ripped apart and the ashes that are on it will be poured out. When the king heard the message that the man of God had cried out against the altar at Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Arrest him! But the hand he stretched out against him withered, and he could not pull it back to himself. The altar was ripped apart and the ashes poured from the altar, according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Then the king responded to the man of God, Plead for the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me, so that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God pleaded for the favor of the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as it had been at first. Then the king declared to the man of God, Come home with me. Refresh yourself, and I'll give you a reward. But the man of God replied, If you were to give me half your house, I still wouldn't go with you, and I wouldn't eat food or drink water in this place, for this is what I was commanded by the word of the Lord. You must not eat food or drink water or go back the way you came. So he went another way. He did not go back by the way he had come to Bethel. Now, a certain old prophet was living in Bethel. His son came and told him all the deeds that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. 
His sons also told their father the words that he had spoken to the king. Then their father asked them, Which way did he go? His sons had seen the way taken by the man of God who had come from Judah. Then he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he got on it. He followed the man of God and found him sitting under an oak tree. He asked him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? I am, he said. Then he said to him, Come with me and eat some food. But he answered, I cannot go back with you or accompany you. I will not eat food or drink water with you in this place. For a message came to me by the word of the Lord. You must not eat food or drink water there or go back by the way you came. He said to him, I am also a prophet like you. An angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord. Bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat food and drink water. The old prophet deceived him, and the man of God went back with him, ate food in his house, and drank water. While they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back, and the prophet cried out to the man of God who had come from Judah. This is what the Lord says. Because you rebelled against the Lord's command and did not keep the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but you went back and ate food and drank water in the place that he said to you, Do not eat food and do not drink water. Your corpse will never reach the grave of your ancestors. So after he had eaten food and after he had drunk, the old prophet saddled the donkey for the prophet he had brought back. When he left, a lion attacked him along the way and killed him. His corpse was thrown on the road, and the donkey was standing beside it. The lion was standing beside the corpse, too. There were men passing by who saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing beside it. And they went and spoke about it in the city where the old prophet lived. When the prophet who had brought him back from his way heard about it, he said, He is the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. The Lord has given him to the lion, and it has mauled and killed him, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke to him. Then the old prophet instructed his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. They saddled it, and he went and found the corpse thrown on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside the corpse. The lion had not eaten the corpse or mauled the donkey. So the prophet lifted the corpse of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back. The old prophet came into the city to mourn and to bury him. Then he laid the corpse in his own grave, and they mourned over him. Oh, my brother! After he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die... Bury me in the grave where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the message that he cried out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the shrines of the high places in the cities of Samaria is certain 
to happen. Even after this, Jeroboam did not repent of his evil way, but again made priests for the high places from the ranks of the people. He ordained whoever so desired it, and they became priests of the high places. This was the sin that caused the house of Jeroboam to be cut off and obliterated from the face of the earth. that time, Abijah, son of Jeroboam, became sick. Jeroboam said to his wife, Go disguise yourself so they won't know that you're Jeroboam's wife, and go to Shiloh. The prophet Ahijah is there. It was he who told me about becoming king over this people. Take with you ten loaves of bread, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what will happen to the boy. Jeroboam's wife did that. She went to Shiloh and arrived at Ahijah's house. Ahijah could not see. He was blind due to his age. But the Lord said to Ahijah, Jeroboam's wife is coming soon to ask you about her son, for he is sick. You are to say such and such to her. When she arrives, she will be disguised. When Ahijah heard the sound of her feet entering the door, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why are you disguised? I have bad news for you. Go tell Jeroboam. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I raised you up from among the people appointed you ruler over my people Israel, tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you. But you were not like my servant David, who kept my commands and followed me with all his heart, doing only what is right in my sight. You behaved more wickedly than all who were before you, In order to anger me, you have proceeded to make for yourself other gods and cast images. But you have flung me behind your back. Because of all this, I am about to bring disaster on the house of Jeroboam. I will wipe out all of Jeroboam's males, both slave and free in Israel, I will sweep away the house of Jeroboam as one sweeps away dung until it is all gone. Anyone who belongs to Jeroboam and dies in the city, the dogs will eat, 
and anyone who dies in the field, the birds will eat. For the Lord has spoken. As for you, get up and go to your house. When your feet enter the city, the boy will die. All Israel will mourn for him and bury him. He alone out of Jeroboam's house will be given a proper burial, because out of the house of Jeroboam something favorable to the Lord God of Israel was found in him. The Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel, who will wipe out the house of Jeroboam. This is the day, yes, even today, for the Lord will strike Israel so that they will shake as a reed shakes in water. He will uproot Israel from this good soil that he gave to their ancestors. He will scatter them beyond the Euphrates, because they made their Asherah poles, angering the Lord. He will give up Israel because of Jeroboam's sins that he committed and caused Israel to commit. Then Jeroboam's wife, got up and left and went to Tirzah. As she was crossing the threshold of the house, the boy died. He was buried and all Israel mourned for him, according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through his servant, the prophet Ahijah. As for the rest of the events of Jeroboam's reign, how he waged war and how he reigned, note that they are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. The length of Jeroboam's reign was twenty-two years. He rested with his ancestors, and his son Nadab became king in his place. Now Rehoboam, Solomon's son, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was forty-one years old when he became king. He reigned seventeen years in Jerusalem the city where the Lord had chosen from all the tribes of Israel to put his name. Rehoboam's mother's name was Nama the Ammonite. Judah did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They provoked him to jealous anger more than all that their ancestors had done with the sins they committed. They also built for themselves high places, sacred pillars, and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. There were even male cult prostitutes in the land. They imitated all the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, King Shishak of Egypt went to war against Jerusalem. He seized the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the treasuries of the royal palace. He took everything. He took all the gold shields that Solomon had made. King Rehoboam made bronze shields to replace them and committed them in the care of the captains of the guards who protected the entrance to the king's palace. Whenever the king entered the Lord's temple, the guards would carry the shields. Then they would take them back to the armory. The rest of the events of Rehoboam's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written about in the historical record of Judah's kings. There was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam throughout their reigns. Rehoboam rested with his ancestors 
and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. His mother's name was Nama the Ammonite. His son, Abijam, became king in his place. of Israel's king Jeroboam, son of Nebat, Abijam became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Mecha, daughter of Abishalom. Abijam walked in all the sins his father before him had committed, and he was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God as his ancestor David had been. But for the sake of David, The Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem by raising up his son after him and by preserving Jerusalem. For David did what was right in the Lord's sight, and he did not turn aside from anything he had commanded him all the days of his life, except in the matter of Uriah the Hethite. There had been war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all the days of Rehoboam's life. The rest of the events of Abijam's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. There was also war between Abijam and Jeroboam. Abijam rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. His son Asa became king in his place. In the twentieth year of Israel's king Jeroboam, Asa became king of Judah. He reigned forty-one years in Jerusalem. His grandmother's name was Mekah, daughter of Abishalom. Asa did what was right in the Lord's sight, as his ancestor David had done. He banished the male cult prostitutes from the land and removed all of the idols that his father had made. He also removed his grandmother Mekah from being queen mother because she had made an obscene image of Asherah. Asa chopped down her obscene image and burned it in the Kidron Valley. The high places were not taken away, but Asa was wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his entire life. He brought his father's consecrated gifts and his own consecrated gifts into the Lord's temple, silver, gold, and utensils. There was war between Asa and King Basha of Israel throughout their reigns. Israel's king Basha went to war against Judah. He built Ramah in order to keep anyone from leaving or coming to King Asa of Judah. So Asa withdrew all the silver and gold that remained in the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the treasuries of the royal palace and gave it to his servants. Then King Asa sent them to Ben-Hadad, son of Tabrimon, son of Hesion, king of Aram, who lived in Damascus, saying, There is a treaty between me and you, between my father and your father. 
Look, I have sent you a gift of silver and gold. Go and break your treaty with King Basha of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad listened to King Asa and sent the commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel. He attacked Aijan, Dan, Abel-Beth-Mekah, all Chinnereth, and the whole land of Naphtali. When Basha heard about it, he quit building Ramah and stayed in Tirzah. Then King Asa gave a command to everyone without exception in Judah, and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timbers Basha had built it with. Then King Asa built Geba of Benjamin and Mizpah with them. The rest of all the events of Asa's reign, along with all his might, all his accomplishments, and the cities he built, are written in the historical record of Judah's kings. But in his old age, he developed a disease in his feet. Then Asa rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of his ancestor David. His son Jehoshaphat became king in his place. Nadab, son of Jeroboam, became king over Israel in the second year of Judah's king Asa. He reigned over Israel two years. Nadab did what was evil in the Lord's sight and walked in the ways of his father and the sin he had caused Israel to commit. Then, Baasha, son of Ahijah of the house of Issachar, conspired against Nadab, and Baasha struck him down at Gibbethon of the Philistines while Nadab and all Israel were besieging Gibbethon. In the third year of Judah's king Asa, Baasha killed Nadab and reigned in his place. When Baasha became king, he struck down the entire house of Jeroboam. He did not leave Jeroboam any survivors, but destroyed his family according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through his servant Ahijah the Shilonite. This was because Jeroboam had angered the Lord God of Israel by the sins he had committed and had caused Israel to commit. The rest of the events of Nadab's reign, along with all his accomplishments, are written in the historical record of Israel's kings. There was war between Asa and King Basha of Israel throughout their reigns. In the third year of Judah's king Asa, Basha, son of Ahijah, became king over all Israel, and he reigned in Tirzah twenty-four years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight and walked in the ways of Jeroboam and the sin he had caused Israel to commit. Psalm 91 the one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, He Himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with His feathers. You will take refuge under His wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon.
Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the Most High, your dwelling place, no harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he has set his heart on me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Like every episode before it, today's episode is funded by listeners just like you who want to give back to the show. I want to be clear, these pitches at the end of the show are never meant to sound like guilt trips. In fact, one of the big reasons I'm making Commuter Bible without taking a cut from patrons is because I want more people to get into Scripture, and I don't want money or an expensive audio Bible app to keep you from time in the Word. That being said, if you're looking to diversify your giving portfolio, head over to patreon.com slash commuterbible, and thanks. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night.